Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Product Coffee, where product professionals from Ibotta share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of Joe, join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. Today's topic is building cross-team relationships. Um, So, with that... Yeah, so the sponsor of this, do you... Who voted for this? So we actually, just to give some context here, we have a sheet now. And we have topics right. we want to discuss, and we kind of created a, an upvote system within Google Sheets, so then we can all, as PMs, kind of vote for our sure. favorite topic. So we're including that in the episode. Yeah. We okay, great. <laughs> this is what I get for going on vacation. We wouldn't be product managers if we didn't use Google Sheets. Yeah, yeah that's true. productize this thing itself. Give them a little background. You heard it from Jake. If you don't use Google Sheets, you're not a product manager. Yeah. Um, so with that, um, it, we have a section that sponsors. So whoever is the sponsor can like promote a topic, and then okay. we, um, all the product managers can kind of vote for that topic. So who is the sponsor for this topic, Zach? So the sponsor for this topic is myself. Ah, <laughs> great. Um, so kick us off. Yeah. So what I thought, brought this to mind? Uh, what brought this to mind is, uh, honestly, it's kind of a day-to-day, week-to-week thing um, that I find myself working through, is that as product managers, we work with... Uh, a lot of different people and a lot of different groups across the organization. Um, and you know, often we're working on important projects, things that are impactful to the business. Um, and sometimes that can get stressful too, right? You're, you're ready to launch or ship a new product. You're in the midst of rolling out a new product and maybe you know something comes up. You roll out a new, a new e-commerce product and you get hit with a bunch of fraud or something comes mm-hmm. out of the blue and it's, it's stressful. Um, and you're trying to work together with uh, not just the immediate product team, but with your peers, you know, maybe in the marketing group or on the sales team, um, trying, you know, to figure things out and to fix things. Um, and it can be easy when things are stressful to, uh, you know, look for someone to blame for where things went wrong. It's mm. kind of, you know, human nature. Yeah. Right, right. Sure. And so uh, one of the things as a product manager that I found is helpful is building really strong relationships with peers across these different teams mm-hmm. um, so that you have trust among different teams and you can work together. So that's yeah. something I, I wanted to bring up is um, how do we go about building cross-team relationships as product managers? Um, why do we feel that's important? Yeah. So I think that's a it's an interesting topic uh, depending upon the size of company you're working for as well, right? Like startups, you probably know everyone that's working in the company. Uh, it's very easy to keep those relationships, and if something happens, pretty much everyone's aware. But at a company at our size and, and continue and, and larger, right? Um, what I don't know exactly where we're at now, like 700 to 800 in terms of numbers, uh, count of people, but uh, in a lot of different teams that are growing um, pretty rapidly. Um, yeah, the best practices on how you keep those relationships, create those relationships, and keep everyone informed with releases like this or 
anything, you know, like issues that happened. Um, Jake, do you have any kind of thoughts on? Yeah, I'd argue that best practices building and establishing these yeah. relationships is half the job of being a product manager. Um, to Zach's point, I mean, you're talking about falling back on these strong foundations in times of crisis and mm-hmm. time, times of challenge. And if you have nothing to fall back on, that's when the finger pointing starts. And that's when products don't get shipped. And ultimately, that's when customers lose out. Um, so I, I mean, for me, when I think about building cross-team relationships, I think about two things. One is just saying yes and a lot. And everyone's got an opinion. Everyone is motivated for, generally speaking, the right reasons, and that's to provide value to customers. Um, so just learning about that perspective is really important. And then the second thing that I would suggest is just go get a cup of coffee. Like, never yeah. underestimate the value of a cup of coffee, even if it's for 15 minutes. Yeah, just the power go. of a one-on-one is so strong. It's I think so Mark Kagan also talks about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and one-on-one, not so much to talk shop, but just to talk to that person. Yeah. yeah. Like half the one-on-ones I go on, we don't talk about Ibotta. Yeah, yeah. I, I think something that is really important is, is a product manager, it's easy to start seeing puzzle pieces in terms of resources. Like, oh, we need to build this product, we need to bring it to market, we need to grow our team, we need a new engineering team to build this feature, and it's easy to start thinking of, okay, these are engineering resources, who are our marketing resources? But quickly, you're, you're all of a sudden not thinking of them as people. And I think that's mm-hmm. the key is like uh, knowing who you're working with very much is people. I mean, it sounds simple, yeah, but it's yeah. really important. No. Well, I think also, too, right? Like product management is one of those really tricky roles where you have a, a lot of responsibility but no authority, right? So you don't have yeah. like, you can't compel anyone manager, to do anything, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, so how do you get people to do things if you can't just tell them to do it? And it comes back to building those relationships, yeah. right? How do you organize and align a group of people to move forward, it all comes back to having that strong foundation. Yeah, I mean, product management a lot in a large part is uh, has a need to be persuasive and yes, influential, and yeah. to do that, people generally need to like you at least a little bit. So. <laughs> Which I don't think anyone likes us here, but... No, no, no that's... <laughs> well, that's, well, why, so, that's why we're talking about this, yeah. because we need to know how to do this better. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to give you give us some tactical um something tactical that we can actually go do to do this better and that's um something that i've used in the past called a stakeholder meeting um or a i guess a stakeholder check-in and this is more of like a quarterly roadmap check-in that i loop in my stakeholders and we kind of go over a large document and we talk about what the strategy is we refocus we realign and then it's a good opportunity to get um all the folks in the same room and kind of talk about what items we have on the roadmap, what are the trade-offs we're making, um, why we're making these decisions. Um, So that's a good way to get shared alignment between all the stakeholders involved in your product and your process. But um, anyone have examples like that that they've used that have been useful? Yeah, so one ceremony that I particularly like with Scrum is there is a concept of a demo Um, I've kind of adapted that to more of a larger stakeholder meeting as well. And it really turns into the opportunity to, if you're meeting on probably at least a bi-weekly cadence, Mm -hmm. uh, that's an opportunity to kind of discuss the same thing. But really it should be a conversation about how to solve problems together rather than it's purely being, here's a demo kind of in the ceremony sense where we can see what we've done, do we need to alter things? It's really, here's where we are, here's what we've done, here's where we want to go help us work together better. 
Uh, so really kind of pulling everybody into that shared alignment and doing it frequently uh, certainly helps. Yeah. You know, that, I was just saying, that ties into something, Jake, you mentioned earlier that I really agree with, which is um, how how do we bring people along for the journey? Not just yeah. you know, dictating yeah. that this is something yeah. we're doing, but we're really trying to be working together. And I think one of the ways to be effective with people is to, to treat that as a shared vision or goal. And I think that's how you said it, is like we're all trying to achieve similar things usually at the end of the day. Like if you think about someone on marketing is so frustrating because their priorities are totally different and they want you to build this thing, but you know you have to build this thing. A lot of times that's a difference from perspective based yeah. on kind of where you are situated in the trenches. But when you kind of zoom back out to your overall goal, your overall goal in this case is likely the same, to attract new customers to your product, to get yeah. customers to continue to use your product. And yeah, so, it's just different ways of getting to that goal, right? Yep. Um, I think for me, one of the biggest things is creating space for dialogue. Right. A lot of times we are facilitators of conversations. And yes, we guide those conversations in directions we'd like them to go. Um, but I, like these stakeholder meetings, maybe stakeholder emails, maybe demos, right? These are all facilitating space for people to come together who might not otherwise have a mm. conversation. Yep. And to come together and actually have that dialogue and that face-to-face -face interaction. Um, so you can solve problems collectively and in person. Which so are there any important. other examples of that um, that we can share with our listeners so they can use and apply in their own scenario? Yeah. Um, this, the, the space doesn't have to be in person. I think that's the ideal. I think we all write versions of stakeholder update emails, um, which creates written space and asynchronous space for people to interact and communicate and ask questions. Um, I think also a stakeholder update meeting on a more regular cadence than maybe once a quarter. That might not be so in-depth, but just be like, hey, here's something new in the last two weeks, in the last week, whatever works for you. Also creates that kind of space as well. But yeah. Does anyone else have ideas? Yeah, I'd say one of the things I find really helpful is uh, to uh, very much like emphasize the value that each group and each uh, individual who's working on uh, a particular project is is having so, um, you know, don't don't be shy with praise and with things that is being done well. And honestly, sometimes you know, very much shine a light on the important outcomes that each group is doing. If uh, you know someone from the customer support team is fielding a bunch of tough calls because there's been a bug with the product, make sure to call that out mm. and make sure to show appreciation not just one on one, but in a setting where you can give them kudos yeah. um, for the hard work they're doing. I mean, I think the same goes across different groups. Is very much uh, let them let them know they're appreciated and, and, and valued, and make sure that they like they strongly feel that. And it's not just like lip service. Like let them know how much it it means. Because frankly, like as product managers, if we didn't have people on all these different teams, we would just be sitting by ourselves with <laughs> nothing. So dreaming <laughs> things up. Yeah, yeah. I think like that's that's really. Um, that's important, right? Like in, in any company of any size, right? We could say like, oh, it's really important here at Ibotta where we have 700 people or however many people we have now uh, because people get lost in the masses. But even at a small company of 20 people, people are still looking for that recognition and for that hard work. So if you're at a five-person startup or a Fortune 500 five-figure headcount company, like just calling it out and recognizing the work that you think provides value and drives the mission forward is, is super important. Yeah. So, oh, go ahead, Patrick. I was going to just pose a, a different question, actually. Um, so I know, personally, I've oftentimes learned 
Best Buy failure. Mm. Um, and so I wasn't sure if people had specific instances of when trying to do, you know, having those kind of partnerships have just failed and, you know, ways that maybe you reconcile it or yeah. find ways to, to fix that relationship. I, I have one example that comes to mind. I think coming into this company um, and getting thrown on a greenfield-ish project, um, I guess the development was more greenfield, but the, the existing product was there. So you're coming in as a new product manager with greenfield product management um, um, assignment for that product. And there's a lot of people that have been at the company for a while that has an emotional investment in the product already. And you're kind of coming into that, right? Whereas a product manager, you're supposed to kind of assess the situation, design a roadmap, and then go kind of tackle that. So not knowing who those folks are can sometimes um, cause friction in that process. And that's something that I learned the hard way where I wasn't aware that this person had this investment um, or where, you know, um, how they were contributing to the product or kind of what the history was or the background. So I was getting a lot of this combativeness in meetings with this person. And, um, you know, I, what the way I resolved that was the one-on-one, which we talked about earlier, was just sitting down in a room just saying, hey, you know, I respect you. This is not, um, I'm not trying to um, cause friction within our relationship. I just want to listen. And it was more of like a listening one-on-one, which was very useful. They were able to kind of um, spill all the emotions that they were feeling um, and, and just be heard, which I don't think that they were. Um, so I think that was causing some friction. And that was kind of, it was a little on me, but it sounds like um, that, that one-on-one, it was, it was nice to kind of hear that um, feedback from them. And then at the end of that one-on-one, we became pretty close in terms of friends, and it was it was really nice. Uh, the working relationship was a lot better, and there was no more combativeness. It was very um, um, in sync and, and coordinated and aligned moving forward, which was nice. But. I think the most important thing that I just took from your comments there, Kevin, is just be heard. Yeah. Right? And I think that goes for anyone in any discipline and building that relationship, whether it's like trying to rectify one that may have gone sour or you're yeah. just trying to build one from the ground up. Like, just give space for that other person or group of people to be heard and you'll I mean wonders will come out of that totally agree I want to jump in here with a new little mini segment I just thought up called define that product buzzword Um, and the buzzword of the day is greenfield project Um, the reason I, I hone in on this one is I've actually had someone ask fairly recently like you know What's this buzzword mean? As product managers, I think we there are some uh-huh. words we, we get used to. Acronyms, um, are, big acronym, acronyms yeah. are big too. Some of those TLS, are company. TLS. <laughs> some of those are company specific. Some of those are maybe industry specific. Uh, so Greenfield Project, uh, Kevin, you want to give a brief yeah, one because sentence I brought description? It up and I can speak to it. Um, the Greenfield Project is almost like um, there's no limitations to um, what you have on the roadmap. Nothing's been defined essentially. So the Greenfield is that you have this kind of this openness to the roadmap that you can kind of define yourself. So it tends to be a more creative um, type of role that um, attracts people to Greenfield projects, I think. Um, does that answer the question well? I think so. Like, I think a good <laughs> it's, example it's of a, enough, yeah. a Greenfield project is like Google Glass a couple of, like, I don't know, four or five years ago. Something wild, kind of different and new. Mm-hmm. They're exploring yeah. something that was kind of out there. That's very much a, a Greenfield project. Yeah. A kind of a synonym buzzword would be a Blue Sky project. Same thing. Blue Sky, yeah. Um, Blue whereas, you know, maybe if you were tasked with building out a new uh, like system in Facebook, that would not be a Greenfield project. That would yeah, be exactly. incremental improvements. Like a light direction, right? Yeah. You, you have go this 
this direction and then figure it out. Yep. I feel so, like a greenfield project is the same as a greenfield problem, right? Where you have a problem, you want to go figure out how to solve it, but you can pretty much do whatever you want. I really like that. And I'm going <laughs> to, the mini segment we just created, I'm now going to take into another segment <laughs> called Can of Worms. Can of Worms. Um, I think we'll Can of Worms that because, um, you know, innovation, product innovation, greenfield projects, yeah. like there's a lot we could talk about. And mm-hmm. greenfield opportunities like yeah. is a great way to look at that. So we'll, we'll Can of Worms topic. that. Can it. Can <laughs> we'll, exactly. It's canned. I'll, I'll write that down. Um, that way, uh, some of you listeners who maybe are newer to the product space know what the heck we're talking about. Um, but going back to, to something you were saying that I think is really important about uh, is uh, never underestimate how much other people care about the products you're working on. I think it's easy to assume that yep. I'm the product manager. This is my responsibility. I care the most about this. And in my experience, that's pretty much always false. Yeah. Like You'll yeah. have engineers who care as deeply, at least, as you do about what the things they're building that your users are using. Um, you'll have other people who you know yeah. are all invested. We're all invested maybe from different perspectives and vantage yeah. points, but um, first of all, acknowledging that can go a long way, and for yourself, like recognizing you know, why is this person maybe you know, butting heads with me? Um, you know, they care about this thing too, and maybe they disagree with how, how you're going about it. But again, getting a, in a one-on-one basis where you yep. can talk with them, you know, honestly too, you know, just be honest about the things that are concerning you, frustrating you, um, coming from like a positive angle, not necessarily a combative one, but a place of like honesty can really help you both understand, hey, we both care about this. We both want to solve this. And even if we don't exactly agree in all of the, the ways we might implement a solution, we at least know that yeah. our intent and like we're coming from a similar place. And usually I think the dis- or misalignment there is that either one or the other um, parties don't see the reason behind certain direction or approaches, right? So just the one-on-ones another way that you guys can kind of like break that down and talk about hey this is why I'm making these decisions and this is why the roadmap is this way but also hearing and listening from the other perspective and saying oh is there something I'm missing right most likely there is right I mean it's hard to know everything (laughs) yeah so I have have a question for the group so arguably the most important relationship cross-functional relationship is with engineering how do you build that one I think that's a different topic. Like, is that the top relationship to build? <laughs> but let's, let's just talk about product and Well, it, it fits in this topic, I think. Yeah. I'm talking about stakeholder alignment here. I, my personal take would be that your most important relationship from a product standpoint probably varies a little bit based on the product you're working on, point in the product life cycle, size of the company, right? Like, if, if, you're, if your product is say, a, SaaS, a new SaaS product that you're trying to identify specific customer needs, like a close partnership with sales is, is pretty huge. Whereas if you are building a new feature out in a consumer mobile app and trying to just understand you know, what new features are sticking, it's probably more engineering analytics. I, I think the, the heart of that, though, is probably true. Like, without engineering, you know, we wouldn't be building stuff. So. Or, or, you know, as br- in a broader sense, whoever's doing the work. Right? Right. Product managers yeah. are not necessarily doing the tactical work. We're just kind of guiding the project. We're leading it, essentially. Um, but whoever is, yeah, how do you guys build that relationship um, with those people that are building? Yeah, I have uh, personally had a little bit of success with really kind of the pitch more than anything. And so even from an engineering perspective with something that's, you know, totally back-end, we're not worried about you know a client potentially seeing you know something that they can click on. 
It really comes down to, here's a problem that we need to solve. Here's why we're trying to solve it. And then let's be creative about how we can solve this. So if you can really get them motivated about why you're trying to solve something and then give them a clear direction and not just throw them out yeah. there, uh, that, goes that, a long way. That's a great point. I think it's that shared empathy, right? Um, putting them in the uh, customer shoes, essentially, in some cases, or getting them to empathize with that problem, right? And the, the part, of, part of that is telling the, the good story to them um, of why we're going to do these things, or part of it is actually kind of like sitting down with the key um, customer and kind of going through their pain points. And then sometimes their engineers, I mean, most of the time, they'll come up with a better solution than what you had in mind. So I, I do a lot of that, of bringing engineers into um, kind of walkthrough sessions or customer journey exercises um, with our key stakeholders. Try not to do that as much. It's more because <laughs> we don't want to take up most of their time with meetings, but um, I think that's a, it's a good exercise to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think bringing them in and making them feel like they're, they're helping you solve the problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind of a flavor of something we've already discussed. Yeah, today, everyone but... is a hero. Right in their own story. Right, that's, that's right. Like, uh, Reed Hoffman. And, yeah, that's away, yeah, that's, and I think that's a, a great way to look at it. Um, and you know, as you try to win people over, helping helping them with the empathy. Like as a product manager, the empathy of our users falls on us, and how we communicate that is really our responsibility. Um, but if we do that effectively, they're going to care about the user. They're going to want to solve the problem, and if they have a say in helping solve that, they're going to care so much and they're going to work really hard and if you can win them over on kind of the empathy factor of like what you're trying to solve they're going to they're going to be a huge proponent for what we're trying to accomplish as product managers and that works very much for engineering i think um, some of some of the engineers i've worked with probably care the most because it's like you know i'm building this thing for someone and if it doesn't Mm -hmm. work well or it doesn't solve their problem that's embarrassing. Like they want to build something that, that makes someone's life better. Like there's a source of pride there. Yeah. But also from other perspectives, like client partnerships, like um, you know our, our sales teams or marketing teams, like helping reach users and get them to try a new product that is meaningful to them. Yeah. This is still you know exciting regardless of, of what aspect of, of the the business you're working on. Yeah. Um. So I mean, we, we've kind of talked about this, but I'd like to ask the question. Uh, directly, and that is, um, how do your tactics for building relationships with other people, other teams, how does that differ based on the, the, the team or the type of person? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think, I think it kind of bleeds in from the conversation that we just had about engineering. Um, with engineering, it's all about framing the problem and framing the evidence and letting them run with it, at least in my perspective. I've had the most success in motivating engineers and getting them excited by showing them the evidence of the problem and just letting them come to their own conclusions, which are generally pretty much in line with where I've been as the PM. With someone like marketing, it's very like personal relationship driven Yeah. and just yeah. let's go get coffee, let's talk. I want to get to know you as a person and understand what you're trying to accomplish and why that's important to you. Sales is a little bit more just like bannering around, right? Just like quick hits. It doesn't take much to build a good relationship with sales. You just need to give them the space to be heard. But even in like walking through the office, just making sure to make eye contact, say hi, and like have 30 seconds of chit chat is enough just to keep that relationship going. Uh, but what, what does everyone else think? Yeah, I'd almost contend that there isn't any different tactic that I take because no, it really is 
a personal relationship more than yeah. anything. Yeah. And it really comes down to a shared context and a shared problem. And yeah, there may be you know tactical differences in how you approach right. that conversation, yeah. but really it, it does come down to you know, how do we come together mm-hmm. to solve something. And if if you have that shared context and you feel like everyone is bought in, then it's not a conversation about like we have to do this because I say it so. Right. Instead, it's hey, here's the problem I'm seeing. Help me find a solution together. Right. So never yeah. underestimate the power of a cup of coffee. <laughs> as we Ooh, all know, we on that? <laughs> as we all know well here, that was a good tagline. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should repurpose that. For like, we'll, we'll give that. We'll give that one a try. Um, but I, I would like to jump in here with you know I think that shared context is important. I think you're right. Like the common denominator is just these are other people, and building yep. relationships effectively yep. is going to help that at the end of the day. The one other thing I would add is as we're trying to build relationships with all these different groups is again backing out to the macro level. At the end of the day, we all have a similar goal. We all work for X company. We're building uh-huh. X product, and our our mission is to do X for Y. Um, and so, knowing that, back into it from their angle as opposed to yours, from like say sales perspective, their goal is to sell a certain amount um, of new licenses for the SaaS product you're working on, or their job is to sell a certain amount of uh, contracts with other partner brands so that there's more content in your consumer facing app. Um, knowing that. How do you speak to their goals with your the, the decisions you're making with prioritization? And those don't always fully line up, mm-hmm. but if you can then start backing back out to that core mission they're laddering up to, you can say, okay, well, you know, this thing maybe you're not we're not prioritizing right now. It backs into this, and here's how it ties into our mission. And I think that would be the other thing is tie what you're doing and prioritizations and decisions you're making to the shared goal you have that is kind of the higher level beyond yeah. your personal goals. I'm going to throw in another can of worms here for another topic, yeah. but this this kind of reminds me a bit of, or bring, brings this up, uh, what happens, or how do you guys handle where another team or department or individual, is? it's not clear how they're driving to the end goal here, or their oh, influence of the project. Yeah. Let, let's say their leadership has failed on them, right? And they don't have clear direction of re- yeah. responsibilities. Or let's say that um, they think that their responsibilities are the same as what products' responsibilities are. Do you, uh, yeah. wondering, and maybe we can can worms that another yeah. topic for another time, but yeah, I think okay. um, it, it's more of like, it becomes a game of politics a little bit, a little um, bit. potentially. Or navigating leadership, or um, I, I don't know exactly itself. how we can bring that up, but yeah. I'll can orange can yeah. forms. That's, 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 that's a good one. We have two can- good one for, for next time yeah. for sure. I think the I think, other, maybe we have time for this. Tell me to can it if we don't. But uh, how do you speak the different languages of different groups and different uh, stakeholders yeah. in the company? Practice, right? Like, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, practice is good. But Patrick, your point of the denominator is the same. It's yeah. all about building relationships, yeah. but tactically it's very different. Yeah, I would yeah. love to unpack those tactics. Yeah, right? yeah. I think those are things that people would really find valuable. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we definitely kind of worms that one because I think there's a bunch of different tactics on how you approach and what kind of product you're building too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. All right, can it. <laughs> can it. I think... Let's wrap it. Um, okay, so uh, quick homework assignment for all of you, our, our weekly product exercise. Um, so I'll just jump in here with um, 
set up one-on-ones with kind of key individuals across each team if you haven't already. Um, if you have set up with key individuals, maybe set up some one-on-ones with other members on those teams who you aren't as directly working with. Go meet them for coffee. Talk to them not as just another resource or so-and-so on marketing. Talk to them as a person. Get to know them. Figure out you know who they are. Have a good time chatting over coffee. Maybe learn a little bit, a little bit about what they're working on. Um, but set those up. Have regular one-on-ones with people across a lot of different groups. Um, so go put those on your calendar right now. That would be my piece of homework. Does anyone else have anything to add to that? My recommendation to add to this is for the first one, listen. Solely listen on it. Um, just make sure, like, get them talking, and then just sit back and listen. One thing I would add to those two things is do it outside <laughs> of the office. Yeah. Get out, do it outside. Breaks down some walls. Breaks down the walls. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay, great. I just realized we didn't do introductions this time, so we'll just go around the table real quick. Uh, Splice it. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for listening <laughs> into Product Coffee. Um, I'm Zach Lagraca. I'm Jake Worland. I'm Patrick Kuchkowski. I'm Kevin Gentry. Thanks for joining us this morning. Now go level up. <laughs> <laughs>